Hi, I'm Stephen. And hi, I'm Charlotte. And welcome to Mirth and Magic, the RPG podcast. Welcome back, guys. Hi guys and welcome to, what is it, episode 6 now? I think it is episode 6, yeah. <laughs> episode 6. Hi guys, welcome. Welcome well, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just talked over you, but I'm keeping the will. Uh, okay. <laughs> How are you, Charlotte? And do you have any interesting RPG or otherwise video gaming news? That was almost like we were on the news. That was very formal. I've been so busy with work for the last week that I've mainly just been playing Animal Crossing this week, and that's about it. Well, and, I mentioned um, I was going to get into that myself again, and I never got on. So you've, you've seen all the new stuff then? Yeah, so I've been playing it the last couple of days. I've got my little cafe now at the museum. There's a little boat ride you can go on to other islands, and it's very wholesome, you know, going around collecting sticks, which I love. <laughs> and yeah, I was on a night shift last night, and I brought my Nintendo Switch with me, because I was like, maybe if there's a break in work, I'll have time to play. I had no time to play. There was no wholesome <laughs> goings on on the night shift. I um I have seen well I have played it briefly and I did go on the boat ride. Doesn't the little guy sing to you? He sings you a sea shanty, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you can clap, can't you? Oh, I clap him loads. Well, I did for the first like three times, and then on the fourth boat ride, I was a bit more kind of like, can we just get to the island? Now? Yeah, you can't skip it, can you? I think if you hold down a button or repeatedly press a button. He gets a bit sulky and goes, fine, we'll just go to the island. But I feel so oh, bad it? doing it. I can't bring myself to say it. Oh, that's sweet. Such a, such a sweet game, isn't it? I'm glad they've added more stuff to it. Yeah, that's the thing, because I think I stopped playing it before because I kind of ran out of things to do. Like mm-hmm. my yeah. house was all fully built. Like the island was full of characters and I was just a bit lost about what to do next. Well, that's kind of what everyone was saying. Like it came out at the perfect time, right? Which the pandemic had like hit and everyone was on lockdown and... Um, people that needed stuff to do when then Animal Crossing came out. But I think that was a blessing and a curse because it gave people things to do and people loved it. But also they probably played it much more than they would have done if it wasn't the pandemic and tired out of it faster. Oh, definitely. That's the, yeah. There's only so much stick collecting and plant harvesting you can do in a week. Sure, yeah, yeah. We still managed to rack up. Me and my husband have a shared island and we racked up something like 250 hours each on it that is spectacular to be fair <laughs> we're playing it all the time like and we had to like do you know about the the little pig that sells you uh turnips on a sunday oh yeah we'd rush home or make sure we we're online so we can get her every sunday morning and yeah it was a, a life event aren't you guys adorable <laughs> <laughs> how about uh, you what have you been doing this week so i have only been playing Nia. Um, I am now on section two of Nia, which is Nines' story. I'm about three quarters of the way through that now, and I'm enjoying it. We'll talk about that when we do the Nia episode, but I think it's really great. I'm not entirely sure you could really call it an RPG. Yeah, it's tricky because it's very action-based, but then you've still got like your HP bar and leveling up and items. So it, I think it just about does count as an RPG, but a very, very action-based one. Yeah. yeah, it hovers in between. An ARPG. Yeah, but then again, it's so rich in storyline, especially once you've done the third section as well. 
I think it's too story driven to really fit into just an action game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very much enjoying it, and I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be a that's going to be a good episode, I think. Yeah, I really want to hear what you think about certain things and certain side quests and how it all fits together. Oh, I'm very excited. <laughs> well, I did a lot of side quests on the first playthrough, but as you've told me, I, I need to do more in the second one, which I haven't really been doing. I've kind of been rushing through it to get to part three. Yeah. So. I mean, some of them you can skip because they're, they're just kind of random fetch kill quests, but there are a mm-hmm. few that are specific to 9S's playthrough that once you finish the game, they make it a lot richer and it makes a lot more sense. But if there's any of it, it turns out you've missed when you're getting near the end of the game, I'll send you spoiler-free links to the quest so that you can see what you've missed. Okay, sounds good. Right, let's get to it. Let's talk about Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne, the HD remaster. Oh, I've been waiting to talk about this game for <laughs> a while now. Well, I will go first because this is my suggestion to play. I first played this back in 2004 or five when it first came out and it was, I, I enjoyed it, but at the time I remember thinking that it was such a lonely game and I found it a bit depressing to play because I think that's mostly because I was getting lost a lot and I was having hours and hours and hours and hours without any kind of interaction other than the odd uh, overworld demon. But I did like it despite that. And when it got announced as a remaster, you know, it's been almost 20 years. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I mean, I'm interested in playing that again. I did like it. I'd like to complete it this time. I'm older now and I'm more experienced with RPGs and I think I'll be able to, to get the hang of it better. And uh, so I bought it. I didn't buy it on release. I wait for a sale because that's just what I do. <laughs> um, uh, I got it September maybe this year. So it had been out for a, a good five, six months at this point. And uh, yeah, I played it almost to the end. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I will call you out if you say you finished it. <laughs> but I uh, I got significantly further than I did in my first playthrough back in the early 2000s. And I've also changed my opinion that it's a lonely game. Uh, lonely is not the right word for it. But again, we'll talk about that later. Uh, what is your history with the game? So I hadn't played any of the SMT games. I'd only ever played Persona. So I mean, when this came out, like you're saying, kind of 2004, I would have been about 13. And I don't think this would have really been on my radar at that point of a game I would have picked up and played. So the main reason I played it recently was because you suggested it during our top 10 RPGs podcast. And it sounded really interesting and something I'd like from your description of it. And on paper, it sounds perfect and exactly what I'd like. It's got a really dark theme. It's got philosophical elements. It's got a turn-based battle system it's it's a long game but for me and we'll go into more detail later it just doesn't quite pull together into a game that I enjoy that much which is a shame Mm -hmm. yeah I, I kind of get that I understand that so did you actually enjoy playing the game I did enjoy playing the game for a limited time the first few hours like the first five or so hours I was having an amazing time I remember messaging you saying how much I was liking it like the battle system was good there's a lot of mystery in the early hours of what's going on. There's a few characters introduced and you don't really quite know what's going on. And I started playing and I loved the battle system. It was really similar to Persona, but with some really interesting quirks. But then the more I played, after about the 800th battle, that had started to wear a bit thin for me. And I was still waiting for these characters to do something and start turning up in the story. So I did enjoy it, but just progressively less and less as it progressed. 
Yeah. There is a turning point in the story when things do start to get a bit active, but I actually think he stopped right before that happened, which is uh, unfortunate. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I understand completely. So, you know, you, you start the game and you're just a regular high school student visiting your sick teacher in hospital with your two classmates. and um, as, as you do as a teenager. Yeah. And the whole world turns to shit while you're in there. Basically, the apocalypse happens. And it turns out that your teacher is somehow involved in everything. And then that is kind of the gist of the story because you you enter this sort of uh, post-apocalyptic Tokyo when you are now, sorry, a a small detail, you are now a demon. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, casual detail, (laughs) just to throw in there. And you get to help shape the future of this world. You can side with people who develop these things called reasons and reasons are sort of moral and ethical beliefs about how the world should be governed and you can choose to reject them you can choose to assist them and each sort of reason people have lead you to different endings unfortunately everyone in this game is a complete shithead and their reasons all suck the only (laughs) literally everyone (laughs) the only person who ever had anything close to a decent reason didn't actually get to fulfill it because he got murdered um yeah it's a nihilistic game i think if that's the right word Mm. um people do compare it to persona but only because it's kind of set within the same gaming universe you know it's got the same enemies it's by the same publisher but they're actually completely different games you know smt is known for being a much more difficult and much more esoteric and looser storyline game than Persona, which is developed over time into this game, which is all about social links and friendship and overcoming evil. Whereas in SMT, there is evil and you can overcome it, but you don't have to, (laughs) you know, it's totally your choice. So in SMT3, there are six endings you can get based on different reasons that you sort of side with during the game or don't side with. So there is an ending from a character called Hikawa and that's a Shijima ending. And this is the guy that tries to murder you right at the start of the game. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the hospital, you really were... early on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his reason is about a world where people don't have any personality or individuality or likes and dislikes, but they work together for the greater good in this sort of quiet, boring world. Why anyone would pick that is beyond me, but it is an option. No, and it's weird because you say that, and yet it's still not the worst option. That's no, it's not. It's not. not. By a long shot, it's not. Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> uh, and then you've got uh, Isamu's ending, and he's a guy that you start the game with, one of your um, classmates. You visit your teacher with in the hospital. Do and you he has a mis- referred to him by his proper name of Oh, excuse Hat me. Guy. It's not Isamu, it's Hat Guy, because okay. no matter what state of dress or undress he's in he's always got his hat on oh my god I know we're not at this bit yet but I watched the endings because I, I haven't f- completely finished the game and in his ending his hat's on the ground next to the stone <laughs> even when he's not there his fucking hat still makes a <laughs> final appearance and it was reading out this really sad speech and I was just laughing and could not help myself at this damn hat yeah, the fashions in this game are real. I mean, we spoke about Chiaki in the last episode and her jorts and jeggings and jutes, but the fashions of all the characters in this game are very, very early 2000s and they have not aged well. 
<laughs> oh no, I think this podcast episode is going to have to have a section where we quickly <laughs> discuss the outfits in this. So yeah, you, you've got Hat Guy and his reason, and his reason is um, basically like a world of isolation where every single living being gets to create their own unique sort of bubble world free from other outside interference. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it does have really lonely. And yet again, still probably not the worst one. <laughs> and then you've got uh, your personal favourite, uh, Chiaki's ending, which uh. is uh, known as the Yosuke ending. And uh, Chiaki is the, uh, your other schoolmate from the hospital. She has a reason which is about like survival of the fittest and brutality and she thinks that the weak should be well eliminated and only the strongest people should survive in um the new world that is probably i think the very worst one because not only does she have a horrible reason to begin with but also she does some horrible things to get to where she needs to be and i don't like her yeah, I think when we do the characters specifically, uh, there's a lot to say about her because she, she's actually become one of my least favourite ever RPG characters. Oh, wow. I, not just because, <laughs> and not just because of her outfit, but I really like the mannequins in this game. They were a shining beacon of light, <laughs> and she destroyed them. Like I watched the clip where she's murdered them all and they're torn in half, and then she kills oh, yeah. them. Oh, no, I hate her. <laughs> And then you've got the ending that I was going for, but never actually reached, which is um, the freedom ending, which is your teacher, Yuko. So despite your teacher being an integral part of how this world is even in its current state, <laughs> this ending is basically about her reversing it all and going back to the regular world. <laughs> After coursing it all in the first place. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going for, though, because I didn't really fancy any of the others at yeah. all. So, yeah, I don't think it's fair that the world never got a choice about being killed off. In my opinion, restore it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I find the endings unusual because I really like the idea of dark endings where none of them are particularly good. That, that's that's a, a great idea for me. But for that to kind of hold weight for me, there need to be at least some upsides of them as well. Because otherwise... Mm -hmm. They all just seem a bit pointless. Like, fair enough, have an ending that's all about, you know, the the powerful winning over and, you know, because that means the world's going to be very prosperous. At least have some kind of good thing in there that can show how a character's justifying it. If you just make them all unbelievably bleak and evil, they all just seem quite unbelievable, you know? Yeah, I get that. And like I said, there are good people in this game, like the mannequins, and they almost had a reason and then it was snatched from them. By Chiaki, no less. So that just makes you hate her even more, really. It does. <laughs> only good people. Because Aww. their reason was egalitarianism and basically like socialism and helping people become the best they can be. And it was very sort of, yeah, egalitarian. Exactly. They were very altruistic and just kind of wanted to be at peace. Exactly. All they wanted. They were delightful. Uh, so the other two endings you can get, the neutral ending of what's known as a demon ending, it's basically you don't side with anybody and it ends up with the world staying in its current state and it disappoints uh, your patron who is, spoiler alert, Lucifer. Basically nothing happens. You're just like, yeah, I'll just stay here. It's fine. Yeah, that's a boring ending. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then there's a true demon ending, which is a lot of work. Now, I did consider going for this one, but the amount of work that goes into it and 
the labyrinth um, that you have to go through, I found very tough and didn't like it. So I just scrapped it. It's the true ending, uh, the true demon ending, I should say. And basically it puts you against this whole cycle of birth and rebirth and death. And uh, you end up like overthrowing Lucifer and becoming like the Lord of the underworld or whatever. And you become the grand high, whatever master of creation and Yes, it's a very grand ending, but a lot of work to get that one. But I think people consider that the the most SMT-ish of the endings. Okay. I never considered going for that one, because like you say, it seemed like so much work, I just didn't bother. You've got to do all the labyrinths before a certain point in the game. And I got to Labyrinth 4, and I found number 3 and 4 really difficult. I didn't want to do it the others. Not, like, difficult in terms of, like, you spent a long time getting lost in there and fighting all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just annoying. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. Like, you, you play for hours and you just don't feel like you're actually progressing. Yeah. And when you've got, when you've got a limited amount of time in your life to play games anyway, it, it does feel like a time sponge. And I struggle to justify playing games like that sometimes. Yeah, it's funny because I have played games this, this year and last year, which I've racked up over 100 hours in. But... I felt like I had a great time playing them and never felt like I was wasting my time. Of this one, I only actually did 35 hours and I feel like I've been playing it for years and years and years. I'd say it's the equivalent of going for a swim is fun, drowning is not. That's the, <laughs> the metaphor I would use. Oh, you don't like this game at all, do you? <laughs> I really liked the first few hours and I thought it had so much promise. And then it might just be my opinion, but it all just fell apart after a while. Mm-hmm. So the theme of the story is very sort of about moral systems and ethics and that kind of thing. And it has a potential to be really, really interesting. But one of the sort of features of the SMT series is that it does have such a, such a light story. I don't like that. I like the story to be more involved. And I hate to say like Persona because I don't like people comparing Persona to this because they are two different series, even, even though they're similar. Yeah. Um, like I've seen a lot of the SMT5 reviews saying it's like it's like Persona without the heart and everyone's taking the piss out of it now so I, I don't think it's fair to compare it to Persona it's a totally different game but that is one of the criticisms I have of it that it is such um, a loose story and I like a really in-depth story with loads to do and sometimes I don't even understand the story that's going on in these big in-depth games I'm still enjoying it I'm like yeah I just here for the ride you know yeah um, <laughs> Yeah, I agree with the theming. Like you said, it's very nihilistic and dark. It's making moral choices when none of them are particularly good and kind of dealing with the hand you've been dealt with. But the, the story is very loose. There was times when I was having to look up things, like remind myself what words were because I hadn't heard them for 20 hours and I couldn't remember the last time a character actually said it, what it actually was. And I, I kept just feeling desperate for a character to turn up with like a side quest or something to build up character development. and. I just feel like this game, if that if that was incorporated, would have made it much richer. Yeah, I have heard for what it's worth that um, SMT5, which I haven't played yet, but I intend to, is similar in that it has a loose story, but it does it better, apparently. Mm. So I don't know what to make of that. No, I can picture it being still quite loose, but feeling like it just flowed a bit quicker. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe shorter gaps between different storylines happening so it didn't feel quite so disjointed. There was times when someone would say, oh, about this character and such and such. I was like, I don't even remember who that was. Does that exist? Who are my friends' mm. names? I don't, no one's mentioned them for 70 <laughs> hours. I don't know. I had to Google who Chiaki was. Very confusing. 
Obviously, I yeah, know there, who she is now. She's drilled into my mind. But there is a really big gap between, especially her, when you meet her and meeting her again. It's quite a while. And Isamu, I think, is even more. So let's move on to character discussion. So Demi Fien himself, that's the main character. He is a regular high school student uh, in Tokyo that is sort of unwittingly thrust into this situation and is made sort of a half demon um, with the ability to use magic uh, to recruit other demons to help him get to the goal that he wants to get to. Um, what did you think of him? He's okay. He's very much a blank canvas, isn't he, for the story to happen around his design's quite interesting. There's bits of it that I like and bits that I don't, but we'll, we'll talk about design for characters in a little while. But character-wise, there's not really much to say about him because he doesn't react to anything in this story. <laughs> yeah, he, he's options. a total blank slate. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Even his face expression doesn't change a single time in that game, I don't think. It's just, mm-hmm. it's dialogue happening and occasionally you as a player can respond, but then the character doesn't actually say anything to anyone when you give those responses. It's all just mm-hmm. people talking at you. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mind a silent protagonist, actually. Like in Dead Space, Isaac, I really love the fact he's a silent protagonist and I didn't like the fact he started talking in Dead Space too. But then I don't know what it is, but he seems like he has more character than the one in SMT. And I think it's just because he does little body movements and little interactions. Where in SMT, there's none of that. He is very much almost robotic in the way that you act with him. I'm not a massive fan of that personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. He's a total blank slate, and I'm I'm very used to silent protagonists. Um, many many JRPGs got silent protagonists. I mean, even thinking of Persona Five, um, the the latest one that I played is Ren, the the main guy, has yeah. very very few words, if any, you know, and he still comes off as having tons of personality. Yeah, and I think that's the thing because he still does little body actions, and there's still cutscenes with him and. You can feel the bonds he has with other people through the way they interact with the character. And I think that's what's missing in SMT. There's there's none of those personal bonds. He's stiff as a board other than fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not really much to say about him, really. His design is interesting. Apparently, it's based on Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, tattoos. Um, I like the tattoos. And I like when they, if you go into the, the dark areas, they glow. Have you, did you ever notice that? Yeah, I did like that. That was the main bit of design that I liked was the kind of neon, very mm-hmm. patterned design he had. Um, I'm not really a fan of his strange sort of jean shorts and trainers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, it isn't the worst outfit that I, in this game by a long shot, but it's not. The, <laughs> the tattoos are cool, but it's not a great character design, in my opinion. No, I, when I first saw him in the jean shorts, I thought that was going to be just an outfit for early on in the game, and that then he'd get changed into something else. But nope, sticks with the macrameda <laughs> jean shorts. And that weird spike that just comes out of the back of his neck, completely oh, yeah. out of nowhere. That's because there's a demon, Charlotte. Demons have spikes. It's, it's like someone designed and went, oh, it's not demonic enough. Put on a <laughs> spike. All right, so let's move on to Isamu Nita, who is uh, your friend that you start the game with in the hospital. I don't like him. I don't like his design, as we've briefly alluded to earlier. He looks bizarre. He looks very much of the time, I guess. Like, I mean, he's got these really ripped jeans. I used to wear stuff like that when I was his age. And um, I never, ever wore a waistcoat and hat combo, though. That's something I can certainly say I never did. That's Um, good, because I would stop speaking to you. (laughs) What did you think of him? When he first came into the story at the very beginning at the hospital, I also hated his design. That hat 
with the waistcoat and the kind of loose jeans with the worn knees and then the boots. Oh, it's just terrible. That hat especially. I mean, he has kind of longish hair with like a big swept fringe underneath. It's very kind of emo 2001, kind of My Chemical Romance meets bad Tesco jeans. It's a terrible (laughs) look. But at least at the very beginning of the game, he had a bit of personality or he seemed to. So I was kind of looking forward to him coming back and at least adding a little bit of warmth into the story. But nope, they get rid of that. Yeah, he. I think he's really smarmy. I don't like him. His ending is crap as well, like we said earlier. Like, who wants to live in a world on their own? I don't know why he came, how he came up with that. He doesn't seem like a total loner when you meet him. He's really friendly with you. Yeah, I don't really get where that... I, that's the thing. This is why I feel like side quests would have been good in this game, because he seems to come up with that after he's kept in that kind of cell in that prison. Yeah. But that bit of the storyline isn't built up enough to explain how we got from that traumatic experience to having this reason. Because mm-hmm. your character meets him in the cell and doesn't even say anything to him of any leaves. <laughs> so it's just not built up enough to understand how that trauma made his reason. But I'm sure mm-hmm. that is what the link's meant to be. One thing I found slightly confusing about the Demi Fiend and Isamu and Chiaki. So you know when the the conception happens and the world goes to shit and uh, Isamu and Chiaki are still human, right? They didn't get turned into demons at this point. How long has passed since you wake up as a demon and they've gone? Like, it seems like months and months, because everyone's really established, right? Because the fairies are all living in the park and mm. the people have taken over Ginza, demons taken over Ginza and that kind of stuff. So how long has passed? And how long have Chiaki and Asama been living in this world full of demons on their own? I, I wondered that as well. I'd assume kind of, like you said, at least a few months. Yeah. But I don't know how they've really survived and I, I was hoping again that that was going to be a bit of the story that they explained because when you first meet Chiaki and she's in that kind of seedy demon club it sounds really dark but I thought there was going to be a kind of storyline where she was almost kind of doing favors like you know seedy favors for demons in order to survive because she seems so like dark and she seems so mm-hmm. emotionless and like damaged by what had happened and even though it's like it's a horrific thing to be in a game I thought that's where they were going with it but mm-hmm. instead, it's just never really explained why she's there or what's been happening. Well, I think Isamu does show like a bit of fear when you first find him when you're in your demi-fiend state. I mean, that implies to me that he's scared of demons. So how has he survived all this time on his own? Yeah. It's just a very, it's just a very strange um, situation. Yeah, it is very strange. And I'm sure I'm aware they're the only two proper humans you meet. Um, all right, so how about Chiaki? I think you've got a lot to say about her. I hate Chiaki. <laughs> I hate her, literally. So what did you think of her storyline from start to horrific end? So you meet her in a hospital and she can't even bother to go to see the teacher. She just sits in the waiting room, right? Reading a magazine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a cult magazine of that, isn't it, or something? Um, it so is, a, yeah. a paranormal one. And you wake up and, as we've determined, several months have passed and she's gone. And Fornius is flying around the waiting room that she was sat in last time you saw her. And one of the demons, if you speak to them, says that she managed to sneak out past Fornius without fighting him. Did you get that? I did, yeah. Yeah. And then the next time you see her is several hours later in the nightclub when she's happy to see you, but doesn't want to stay with you. I found that a bit odd. And then time passes, yada, 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 and she starts to develop her own reason, which, as we said earlier, is based on survival of the fittest. And 
she develops, she gets a sponsor, I, get, I think you call it. Yeah, demonic sponsor. She gets ball and she develops into like a, a demi fiend herself almost. She, she has this weird sort of arm thing going on and like a half face thing. It's really very odd. And um, she starts trying to get followers uh, for her reason. And part of that involves slaughtering other people that she sees as not fit to join her reason, which is mostly the mannequins. And especially Futomimi, who is the leader of the mannequins, who up until she came along was developing his own reason and trying to get a sponsor for his own egalitarian reason. That is pretty much the gist of her storyline. You can, I think you can go with, you can obviously go with her storyline if you want to, but I don't know why anybody would. No. Um, she is awful. She She's the worst one. And um the thing that always gets me about like Chiaki and Isamu as well is that if you go for the freedom ending and you restore the world to its previous state, the county is waiting for you in the park at the end. And they don't realize what I don't think they realize, I don't think anyone knows what's going on apart from you and maybe the teacher. And if that was real, you'd be thinking, you are a disgusting human being. I know exactly what you're like underneath all that denim, you know? <laughs> yeah, your denim can't hide your soul. <laughs> Oh, actually, the denim's so gross, actually, it's probably a pretty good representation of her soul. Yeah, good point. But from the beginning, she's a bit kind of bratty and a bit snobbish, but there's no indication that she's got this intent deep down within her. Like, she seems like a relatively normal girl at the very start. At least with the hat guy, you know, he was put in a cell. It's kind of vaguely at least hinted at of like why he's developed a slightly more sinister solitude-based reason. I'm not really sure exactly what it is that happens in her storyline that suggests why she's gone down such a dark path and suddenly thinks power is the most important thing. I don't really get where that came from. Yeah, I mean, she actually falls victim to her own uh, reason. Did you did you uh, look into, did you watch her reason on YouTube or anything? Or I did, yeah, yeah. So, you know, she dies. Yeah. So you end up facing the avatars of the reasons that you haven't gone with. If you have gone with someone's reason, like Isamu's, you don't face their avatar, their sponsor thing. Chiaki, on the other hand, is like, oh, I want to see how strong you are. I want to see who can be the, the leader in this new world. If you can defeat Baal, my sponsor, then um, you can become the leader. Unfortunately, defeating Baal results in Chiaki's death because she's linked so closely to the sponsor. Yeah. Um, so she ends up dying uh, because she's not the strongest. And she sort of admits that she's, she's happy that she got the world that she wanted, but she said that she can't see it. And like, even in death, you can't see the problem with this. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not not a great person. No, definitely not. I'd say I agree with you that out of all the reasons, I'd say hers is the worst because it, it's the most evil one. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of world is that going to lead to? It's just going to be horrific. Yeah. And uh, I think there's a hint in the storyline too that... Um, if it wasn't for the interference of like the demi fiend, hers would have probably gone ahead. She she was a furthest developed reason. Yeah, and it's I feel like it's a shame because I think if they just tweaked the game slightly, like built up more of a bond with her before this happened, given her like side quest to justify it and then show that kind of emotional torment of caring about someone and then seeing trauma push them down a really dark path and having to choose whether to help them or not. Mm -hmm. That would have been a fascinating element to the game. And I just think it's a bit wasted. 
Yeah, I think the characters in this game generally are a bit underwritten. Well, a bit. They're very underwritten. Mm. Um, and I think she and Asylum probably suffer the worst from this. Yeah, I think they suffer the worst and they're the ones that feel the most wasted. Definitely, yeah. The other one that, I know he's not really a main character, but the other one that I thought was going to be really, really interesting was, what's his name? The mannequin who skins his own kind and wears oh, them. Sagahaki. That's the one. Sa- like, Sagahaki. Yeah, I was really excited to see like his backstory and where that was going, and it just doesn't exist. And I was no, so interested in it. That's why you stop playing, isn't it? When you did the fight with his demon, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a great design. I loved like he had all the mannequin faces sewn to his um, his robe. He had like the biggest like twitch of all the mannequins, didn't he? Like it was really um, exaggerated. Yeah, his whole body like thrashed around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was really creepy looking. And uh, yeah, I wish it had gone a bit further. I think that's a bit of a common thing with this game is it, it keeps having all these hints that it's about to do something amazing and then just not quite following through with it. Mm-hmm. Apart from with the mannequins, which are perfect and need no change other than surviving. <laughs> he is a mannequin. He doesn't count. He's not <laughs> one of the cute mannequins. Futumimi for me is uh, one of my favorite characters in this game. He's a leader of the mannequins and he does come across a bit of like a mm, new age kind of hippie-ish kind of guy, but I still like him regardless because he seems like a nice person and he wants to have this uh, world that can be as equal as possible where mannequins brought into existence because mannequins shouldn't actually exist. I think they were created by accident when the world was formed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just very sad to see Jackie rip that. I mean, we mentioned this like five times already, but it's just very sad to see Jackie rip that from them. Yeah, it is. Because I think the, the thing is, all the people with main reasons, it's driven by selfishness, where the mannequins are the only ones where it's not. It's driven by altruism instead. So it puts them in like a vastly different realm to all of the other reasons where they've gone, I think this is good, so I'm going to yeah. decide it for everyone else. Theirs is the only one that's not like that. Yeah, and the sad thing is that at the end of the game when you're like facing all the other um, sponsors and you're fighting off all the other reasons that you didn't want to side with, there are several like other demons and minor characters trying to scale the tower to get to the top to uh, launch their own reason or attempt to, and several of them are mannequins trying without Fujimimi to do it. Oh, that makes me so sad. Yeah, she didn't kill all of them. She killed a lot of them, but there was still a... A handful surviving, they probably died when the world ended. Oh, I, I, I haven't really <laughs> liked this game and I wasn't emotionally invested in anything other than the mannequin's turmoil. <laughs> um, let's talk briefly about the teacher. Hmm. She's she's the whole reason that this game even sort of happened, I guess. Yeah. She works under Hikawa, who's... I find Hikawa a really boring character. He's got a boring reason. That's all I'm going to say about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, she uh, she starts the game uh, allegedly sick in hospital, but she's kind of faking it um, to cover the fact that she was helping bring on the conception. I think that she regrets taking part in this, and um, she's, she's used by Hikawa in the game. She becomes a maiden, basically comes like a... Um, a big draw for the energy. What's the energy called again? I've totally forgotten what it's called. It begins with an M. That's the <laughs> most I can tell you because I also Ma- can't remember. Magatsui. 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 Something like that. I enjoy hearing you say it. Yeah. <laughs> 
so she's basically used as like um a vacuum to draw in the magatsui from from the area and then when you free her she obviously goes against a cower and she wants to restore the world back to how it was before which as we said is is quite odd given her role in the world but i still went with her because i didn't i i thought i didn't like any of the other options basically i didn't want to do nothing like it with a demon ending i wanted to do something but i didn't want to side with insane chiaki over there or uh <laughs> weird samu or so I, I went with her and actually she's the most inoffensive character in the game despite the fact that she brought on the world at the end of the world yeah I agree. I think her ending is definitely the best. And the game tries to make out as if it's not a good ending. It's like, oh, well, humans are probably going to make mistakes again in the future. I'm like, yeah, but surely that's better than everyone just getting murdered and it basically being like a concentration camp for the rest of eternity. Like, who cares if mistakes are made? You can't trick me into saying it's bad. At the end, she does. um, Did you watch the freedom ending? Yeah, yeah. So she does send a message, uh, like an email to um, the demi fiend, who is now you know back to normal, mm-hmm. and says that she she recognizes that she was wrong, and um, that him um, reinstating the world has inspired her to do more good or whatever. And I think she genuinely regrets it. It was a big error. Yeah, I think so too. But I still can't bring myself to like her after she goes. <laughs> oh, I made a mistake. Can you fix it for me? Let me fix it. <laughs> you did this. Clearly, you're powerful. Do it yourself. <laughs> and then at the end, kind of through to Jackie, she's like, should we just let bygones be bygones? And just move on with our lives. Just forget that ever happened. Best friends forever. Like, no, look what you did. Yeah, and I don't think she could have a reason. I think it was explained in the game she could never get one because she wasn't like, she'd, she didn't have a strong enough belief system or something. Like she was a bit wishy-washy with her beliefs and therefore she wasn't a worthy owner of a reason or something. That's why she needed you to do it. I mean, that's fair. She's very wishy-washy. She went from destroying (laughs) the world to going, I just want it back now. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the world. Now, obviously this game is set in Tokyo, kind of. uh, A post-apocalyptic Tokyo, which has been overtaken by demons. So, um... I kind of think the world is a bit boring, I will say. Um, yeah. Like if you go to Ginza, um, it's, you know, it's an underground shopping centre, but every single room looks the same and every corridor looks the same. You could have put some posters, could put more plants that like make it like a real shopping centre used to be there. Yeah. Um, not, there's not even like counters in the shops, like or signs on the shops or anything. Uh, so I understand that it's a PS2 game and that there are limitations, but some like differences could have been put in there, surely. What did yeah. you think? I agree. Like, There's the occasional location where I- I'm kind of happy to go back to it because at least there's a bit more life there as opposed mm-hmm. to some areas of this game where are just huge dungeons where you don't even see a ghost. It's just completely bare. But I agree that even those, it just feels so empty all the time. You go there and most of the, the ghosts and the demons you talk to, they say pretty much the same thing throughout the entire game or similar, or nothing of particular value anyway. So there's no need to go and speak to them. They never have anything interesting to say. I've heard like or seen other reviews of people saying this game where they say that the demons all have different personalities. And I'm like, well, maybe a little bit, but not interesting enough to go and speak to them. But yeah, all the locations, it's all just empty rooms, but you, you walk around it one time and you get into 12 fights while you're in it. 
and then you're just desperate to leave again. But yeah, I, I think empty is the word I'd use to describe this world the best. What about the world map? Because you never commented on that, I don't think. So you, you don't you play as like a like a board game piece basically when you're flying around the world map, right? What did you think of that? I actually quite liked that. You actually travel quite a long distance on that world map, and you can travel yeah. between towns relatively quickly, which brings down that endless fighting feeling that you get actually within the towns. And so I quite liked the little board piece moving around, and there was little ghosts on the open world map that you could speak to. Mm-hmm. So that felt simplistic and drawn down, but in a quirky kind of interesting way that ended quickly rather than the big sprawling empty towns with nothing I, to I, do. Yeah, I, I liked it too. I like it that I kept it simple. In terms of actual locations, um, I did like Ikibukuro, you know, the uh, the mannequin's home. Yeah. Because it was really easy to navigate because when you if you teleported in there using the swirly pepper mill, what do you call it? <laughs> Swirly pepper mill. That's what we're okay. officially calling if you, it. From if you now use on. a pepper mill and you sort of grind yourself in there, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, when, really when you step out, <laughs> when you step outside, you've got like the cathedral of shadows and the fountain of the uh, youth. No, that's not it. <laughs> it's not the, fountain the fountain of vitality, over it's called, and the shop is right there, and it's just really easy to get around. And it's also one of the few places, at least initially, where there are no uh, fights, even in town. Oh, that was such a relief! It was a joy to walk around that place. So, a, there was no fights, and B, there were people to actually speak to, who yeah. like felt like they were saying something of importance, and all the shops were there. And oh, yeah. When Chiaki has her thing we're not going to mention it again temper tantrum uh yeah it, the whole town goes to shit and you you do get fights um yeah. and there's there's no mannequins left anymore it's all demons like you can see on the on the overworld but i still went there anyway just because it's so convenient for everything because i used to go to ginza but like it's quite a trek from the pepper mill to the shops <laughs> yeah, and you know if you've got a 30 second walk that's like fifty-five thousand fights you got to do on the way Oh, yeah, it is. And by that point, you're so over-leveled, it's just pressing auto-attack and waiting for it to end. Yeah, well, there is actually an ability where you can stop all battles until the new uh, moon, but Mm. it only applies to enemies that are like 15 or so levels lower than you. Yeah, and they're not the ones that take up time, so... Yeah, I still did it, though, because I don't want to fight them. It's 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 a huge waste of time to fight, like, level 10 demons when you're level 58 or whatever. Yeah, it is. When you're literally there, like, I just want to go to a shop. Like, I don't yeah. need this. Also, so, I, yeah. think we found, I think we found our rating system out of 10, and it's going to be swirly pepper mills. Just say okay. it now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what do you call it? Is it um, it's going to bug me now. I've only got the one name in my head, and I, I can't think of it as anything else. It could be the save point. Yeah, that's what the act does, isn't it? Save point transporters. But we'll go with pepper mills. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> So I didn't really like any of the other locations. I guess the bar was cool. You know, I thought you first see uh, Loki. Mm. Oh, yeah. In Ginza. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's all right. Yeah. I feel like when you're saying that places like that are good, it just shows how boring the rest are. <laughs> where you're like, oh, that place where I talked to a person. That was good. There was a chair there. That was nice. You never got to the diet building. That was all right, actually. That was in, um, that's like the, um, the equivalent of the House of Parliament, I think, in, in, in Japan. 
and that was that was all right because there were like three guardians in there and they were like warping the corridors and some corridors were an illusion like you walked down them and it was like a cardboard picture at the end like someone painted it and you couldn't go any further Uh, it sounds like it's really annoying but actually it was quite fun so that was okay as well but then places like the the subways and the mantras headquarters as well uh, I, i just no didn't like it yeah, it, it's just big expanses of corridor to have fights in, is what most of these places feel like, without yeah. any story, feel, or any like interesting music in most of the places. It's Yeah, did not like the world that much. So the battle system is uh, actually quite like the battle system in this game. It's one of the more positive things about it, to a point. Um, you don't have uh, any permanent party members it's just yourself and then you have to recruit or create demons um, that you ever meet in the when you're fighting them or that you create by fusing demons together and they become your temporary party members and you upgrade them as time goes on and and uh, you sort of create the ones that you want if you want a lightning demon with lightning magic you make a lightning demon with lightning magic Um, totally your choice and the game does force you somewhat into picking certain not certain demons but certain uh, abilities because there are some bosses that like you know if you've done purely a physical build they'll be immune to all physical attacks it's magic only or if you've done a magic build it'd be immune to magic attacks and there's one particular fucking boss which i was very lucky because <laughs> i figured it out without looking at a guide it's immune to everything apart from lightning spells oh which one's that uh it's actually in persona 5 too it's like a demon that's like poking out of a coffin you know in futaba's palace it's like a oh. it's like a, uh, a casket and there's like a hand coming out of it i think i must have got lucky with that as well because i don't remember having any issues with that so i think i must have just got lucky as well I don't, well i don't think you would have got there because it's in the diet building oh maybe that's why i don't remember then there we go <laughs> <laughs> you would have you would have fought it in persona but not in uh not as a boss in smt uh, i was gonna say i was like i don't remember struggling with this enemy that's why i've never <laughs> actually fought it <laughs> Um, and I do like that the um, I do like the strategy in this game, especially in boss fights. You are forced to use buffs, which is something that I feel I neglected a bit in in RPGs. Yeah. Um, you're forced to use like uh, defense up and attack up and attack down the enemies and stuff, and the enemy will rebuff that and they'll they'll get rid of your buffs and they'll buff themselves. And I think it's necessary to 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 do that. Uh, I, I did like that part of it. Oh, and I also sorry. I also like the fact that you could sort of develop the main character any way you wanted to, because he swallowed these worm things that gave him special powers. So mm-hmm. if you wanted like some fire spells, you could swallow the fire one and learn the fire one, and then you can swallow the the I don't know the poison one that ditch poison spells, and you can ha- you can create your own move set. So I quite like that. I wasn't so keen on the number of uh, encounters in this game. There were a f- there were a lot of them. There were so many. At first, it's fine, but then it starts to get really boring, and it it just ends up being the case of you press auto fight. I literally would um, look at my phone sometimes and just press auto fight, and just look up occasionally to see if anyone needed healing. Yeah, some of the demon designs are really cool. I can't think of any off the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're cool, just can't remember any. No, there, there are some that I like to keep around. Uh, Pixie, for example, I always, I always kept Pixie, and I didn't use her, but I like keeping her around. And I, there was one which is like a demon made out of like black spaghetti. Oh, I remember. Is that the one that you put on our Twitter page? Yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking one. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but like this weird, creepy, dark ghoul thing. Yeah, yeah she's I, like, I like that one. 
yeah, there are some really great designs in the game. What did you yeah. think of the battle system? I really, really liked it. And like I said earlier, the first few hours of this game, I was absolutely loving it. I was thinking that this was as good as the Persona 5 battle system differences, but ones that made it equally as fun to play. The fact that if an enemy misses you, it means, you know, they miss a turn. Or if you miss an enemy, your pass yeah. loses a turn. And then using the pass system to kind of skip over someone you think might yeah. maybe like miss a physical attack in order to maybe heal your party first. So there was a bit of tactics involved in it rather than literally just hitting. But then as the game progressed and you'd fought thousands of battles and most of it, like you said, you could just auto attack unless you were, had a bout of really bad luck. It just took a really good battle system and made it tedious, which is mm -hmm. such a shame because if they just limited it down slightly, it would have stayed really fun. Yeah, and another thing about it is that um, you can die at any time. Like, there are a lot of enemies in the world that have like instant death spells and they hit fairly frequently. Yeah, if you'd spent three hours going through some of these boring dungeons, you get lost in constantly and then you die. The idea of doing that all over again is enough to make you <laughs> quit, which is what happened with me. <laughs> well, the reason I quit was because of the battle system, actually. So I, I got like to the penultimate boss, I think, or maybe two from the last one. I don't know. Is there a term from two from the last? I don't think there is. Is there? We'll just call it two from the last. Two from the last. Many other good terms <laughs> you've come up with this episode. It was uh, Isamu's sponsor, uh, Noah. And it's basically like a big tardigrade, like a big tardigrade, is it called? Like the um, water bears? I saw a picture of it and it looks kind of adorable. I kind of <laughs> love it. Um, the thing is, it changes its resistance uh, to magic every few turns. And I was running out of magic. <laughs> like, it, um, it was just draining so much time out of me. And these uh, final bosses... When they start to like enter their weakened state, you can see it physically on them. You know, they start to flop over. Yeah. And you know, oh, right, they're close to death, so I'm I'm about to win this. Um, even when he flopped over, I was still going, and you know, I was fighting for like an hour and ten minutes. And I was like, this isn't fun. This is not fun. Yeah. Um, it was also really late at night, and I wanted to go to bed, and I was like, I don't want to spend another. I don't want to turn it off and have to do this again tomorrow for another hour. And maybe, I mean, clearly I was underprepared. Like, clearly I didn't have these mega powerful magic spells and an unlimited supply of MP restoration items, but I didn't want to go back and prepare because I'm in there, I had to do all that again, and I just wasn't feeling it. <laughs> yeah. If you're well prepared for battles, it's all well and good to say that, but if it means you have to backtrack so much in order to do it, it doesn't feel like a good use of your time as an adult playing a game. It's hard to justify going and doing all that and then fighting all the battles to get back to that boss again potentially for your combo to still be wrong and have to do it all over again it, it, it exhausts me just thinking about it yeah oh it's a shame um and yeah you make a good point about um like time and i don't think the game respects your time very much and i don't think it really mm -hmm. has to either because i mean when it came out i was in my early 20s was i no, I was nineteen, <laughs> uh, almost. I was, I was a, I was a teenager, and I had time to play these kind of games. Yeah. Um, and I, I do, like I said, I have played. I played Persona Five for over hundred hours. You know, I, I've played Yakuza for seventy hours. I, I do have the time to play games now, but I have less time to play games that don't respect my time. If that makes sense. 
I think that's literally the exact phrase that I was about to say is it's a game that doesn't respect your time, which I think is a really big thing once there's a lot of games out there to play, mm-hmm. there's a huge availability, and we've got limited time to play them all in. Like you said, like you'll play long games and you'll play hard games that don't make you feel this way. Like like you said, Persona is about 120 hours. I never felt frustrated by how long that game is. Bloodborne is an incredibly hard game, but I never felt like it was abusing my time because I didn't have to trek through huge areas. You'd open up shortcuts, you'd learn how to fight enemies, you'd get the right weapons. It never felt like it was abusing my time, whereas this did. Plus it was rewarding too when you finally killed that giant boss and you got that feeling, it was really nice and you wanted to do it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I never felt like this when I beat something. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get that in this game. I don't get that in this game anyway. <laughs> no, I I definitely don't. All I think is, oh, right, where am I going to have to walk to next for the next five hours and not speak to another <laughs> human being? Yeah. Uh, graphics and music. Um, graphics, I think, are actually pretty good. They had, you know, the remaster, I mean, they're of their time, but I think it's a nice-looking game for, for its era. I don't think it's that bad. No, I agree, actually. And it's, it's not like super modern looking graphics, but it's an interesting design. And mm-hmm. yeah, I never had any issues with the graphics. I thought it looked good. Yeah, I just wish um, to put more variety into it. Like we said earlier, having a bit more life in the world or implying that life wants to exist in this world, human life exists in this world and have like ruins of shopping centers and that kind of stuff. That would have been, that would have been great. But I, I do get it that there were limitations. But It did the, need the, evidence, evidence of the apocalypse happening and showing yeah. how the human race has disintegrated away and, there's all these ghosts who I assume were once people and no one mentions how traumatic this was or how upset they are they don't live anymore. They just stand around going, oh, do you like my room I'm in? I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get to the labyrinth ghosts? I got to a few of them. And Did you get the last... Yeah, that was the oh last God. time I spoke to any of them and I never spoke <laughs> to them again after that because I was like, this game has taken enough of my time as it is without that I was fuming absolutely fuming me too me too like come have a, come have a drink of us have another one have another one and then you wake up like with half your money missing and at the back of the start of the dungeon yeah and if this was a game where i felt like you know my time was being used well and that happened i'd be like oh you guys what are you like but on top of how much this game is punishing enough i had to take a break for like a week and i remember you could go nah play again keep playing and i just didn't want to I told you you would never go back to it, and you didn't. I was correct all this time. And for I anyone listening that, that doubts me, go back to episode one where I say that very clearly, and uh, Charlotte did never went back to it. Says the guy who also rage quit. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> uh, I just stuck with it to a certain point. <laughs> I thought you stuck with it as long as you did just to prove a damn point. <laughs> mm, maybe. I'm going I'm to ask you something, actually, because... When I was playing this game, it's something that I thought about constantly in the long gaps where I wasn't really doing anything other than pressing auto attack. What would you do to this game to change it in terms of world, characters, storyline? Like what changes would you make? Because I've got a really specific idea in my mind just because I had so much blank mind space while I was playing it. Think about it. That's a good question. Um, I agree with what you said earlier about adding side quests to the game. That would be fantastic. Like if you could get a bit more story like near style uh, out of the characters that you had um give a bit of background maybe you could see why chiaki was so nasty and why samu was so lonely and why uh, hikawa was such a loser um 
Uh, I'd also, like I said, add more variety to the world, tone down the number of battles significantly. I would also probably add more side content as well as side quests. I'm thinking of things like Persona 5 and Yakuza that had a lot of side content where you could do like mini games and stuff. I mean, there is there is actually a mini game in this in SMT3. The mannequin kid has like a arcade game. Did you ever play that? Oh, I, I played it a couple of times and then I got bored. But yeah. yeah. Something like that would be good, um, but more in depth, um, just more to do rather than going from point to point and listening to people. How about yeah. you? So the ideas that I kind of had is similar, a lot less battles, dungeons that are a bit smaller so they don't just feel like big, empty spaces. And I touched on it a bit earlier, but specifically for the two friends, I think they should have had a lot more bonding sort of moments and storyline directly with the protagonist to make you sad when they went so off a cliff near the end. Again, I said it earlier and it is really dark, but I was a bit disappointed when it turned out that Chiaki in that CD nightclub, she hadn't kind of been sort of serving these demons and kind of being put down as a female human character and kind of abused in that sort of way. Because it would have really explained why then near the end, she's desperate for power and desperate to be stronger than other people. Like it all would have Mm. fitted and made sense. And in this really nihilistic world, it would have been fascinating, especially if you'd been more bonded to her at the start of the game. To see that happen to your friend would be horrific. And it would have made you torn about turning against her so aggressively. Mm. And then it gets her arm torn off. Like it would have been kind of like almost tragic to see what happened to her. And similar with Hat Guy, like he gets kidnapped and put in this prison cell and it's kind of insinuated, kind of tortured. And then, you know, he develops this, reason where he just wants to be on his own he thinks everyone should be left on their own if they just delved into that more again it would have been really tragic to see your friend go such a dark way because of the abuse he's probably been suffering for months while you've just been asleep basically (laughs) and yeah it just needed content like that and I get that there's limitations because it was a PS2 game but I, I like to think that it wouldn't have been that hard just to add that emotional depth into that game and I would have liked if there was a mannequin ending and I'm, and I'm not saying it would have to be all like, you know, happy, gleeful, clearly it's the right one. Like there could have been downsides built in, like, yes, the mannequins get this lovely altruistic world, but they can't breed or reproduce. So, you know, this group of mannequins will get a lovely life and it will be great, but then that will be the end of the world. Like, is that worth going towards? Like, so they had an ending that was good, but with a downside, I would have liked that to be in there. Yeah, that, that's way more interesting, I think. that's it. Uh, it's not too much to ask either. Like, there are games much older than this one that had way more in-depth storylines like this. You know, despite all this, I don't actually hate the game. I find it a very difficult game and uh, a bit torturous sometimes, but I don't hate it. I find it really hard to hate. I don't know why. Okay, so I'm going to ask you how many, what do I call it, pepper mills? Spiral swirly, pe- pe- swirly pepper mills. <laughs> mills out of 10 you're going to give this game it's really tricky actually there's themes of this game and bits of it that i think are really interesting and you don't get in a lot of other games i really like the dark rpg thing it's not that common and i think we've mentioned it about other games like kadelka and things where it's it's rare but it's interesting when it's included and i'm hoping smt5 has those sorts of themes but done in a way that we both prefer a bit more but based on SMT3 on its own, uh, I'd be torn between a five and a six. And I feel bad giving it a score that low because I know that people love this game. And obviously, you know, people liked it enough to get a remaster, but 
personally for me it was lacking too much for it to score any higher than that so I'm going to give it a five and a half swirly pepper mills out of ten I think that's a fair comment um I'm going to give it six and a half swirly pepper, swirly pe- I can't even say it swirly pepper mills <laughs> out of ten it actually did get this kind of score back in the day six and a half seven out of ten it wasn't universally acclaimed by reviewers but it was revered by fans of the series Hmm. Um, and I think that might be part of it I find it difficult to articulate what I mean by this but I I do like the game I just think it has a lot of flaws and it hasn't aged well at all and I don't mean in terms of Chiaki's outfit I mean everything (laughs) and I don't know if when we talk about respecting time I don't know if it genuinely doesn't or if we're just older and we don't have the time that we need to play it um, if that makes sense. I think yeah. there are changes made to the game in the remaster that were positive. So the um, the free save system, whatever you call it, where you can save anywhere, that was a godsend. It made sure you couldn't cheat that way because every time you, you reloaded your data, it would delete it. And uh, I did like the fact that when you fuse demons, you can now pick their abilities because, oh my God, Charlotte, in the original game, when you fuse a demon, it came with a random collection of abilities from the two that you fused. You couldn't pick them. Oh God, as if this game couldn't <laughs> be harder. So um, yeah, they, they were definitely good quality of life changes for this game. But yeah, I'm going to go with six and a half out of 10. Like I, the story is limited, but it's interesting for when you do actually <laughs> hear it. Um <laughs> I, I wish the battles were less frequent. I wish there was a bit more to do in the game. Um, I wish there's a bit more variety in scenery and maybe a tad less artificially difficult. There were some fights, like the one I quit on, which I just felt were hard for the sake of it. Yeah. Rather definitely. than... There are some that are really good and hard, like the first fiend you fight, the Matador... That's a skill check to see if you're like the correct level for this area. Um, yeah. And if you're not prepared, that is a difficult fight. But there's, there's no like gimmicks in that fight. It's just a he packs a powerful punch and he's got abilities which sort of boost him. And you need to work on how figure out how to stop him from being boosted all the time and boost mm. yourself instead. And that's a challenge that I, I like. I remember getting to that fight. And finding it hard, but like you said, in an enjoyable way. It was it felt challenging, but it didn't feel unfair. Yeah. Well, would you play this game again? <laughs> Do I have to answer that question? Ooh, I, part of me thinks that I would play maybe the first half, maybe in a while if I felt, because I, I, I really liked those first few hours. I found the levelling up system and the battle system satisfying and it felt less grindy when you're kind of running around the hospital and you're looking in these rooms and there's mysterious things to see, like there's um, like an operating table covered in blood and then when you go back, there's a ghost in there and like, when there's all those kind of mysterious elements, I really liked that. But once you get past the first few areas, I can't imagine replaying those bits. Yeah, I don't think I'll go back to this game. Uh, I'll I'll keep it as a game that I'm sort of kind of fond of. And I will defend it, but I'll also criticise it, you know. Yeah, I don't think I'll go back to it. But saying that, I am very, very interested in playing, excuse me, <laughs> SMT5. <laughs> Not Persona 5, I've played that one. SMT5, <laughs> which came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, that's getting great reviews. 
good reviews. And like I said to you earlier, it does still have that sort of SMT thing where the story is kind of loose and you don't see a lot of it. But I, I have heard that when the story is there, it's pretty great. And they've improved a lot on the game. And I think it respects your time more. I think it's got more things to do in it than SMT3. There's more exploration. There's what's an open world. And there are interesting locations to explore, even though it's, again, set in Tokyo. So, yeah, I think probably next year we'll, well, <laughs> definitely next year, we'll, um, we'll do an episode on that, I think. Yeah, what, I, what do you reckon? No, I think that sounds great because like we've both been saying, there's bits of this game that if they've been done in a different way could have been great. So if SMT5's managed to do that, then that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I have one more question for you. Go Having on. now replayed SMT3, would you still have it on your top 10 RPG list? Why do you have to ask this question? Because <laughs> um, I'm curious what the answer is. Because <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, what, what number did you have it as? I can't remember. Like seven or eight. I yeah. Um, probably not. I'll mm. probably pick something else in its place. Uh, I don't know what off the top of my head. You've really put me in a, a bit of a pickle here. Is but, it um, Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> it certainly is not fucking Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, that's really harsh. Um <laughs> I'd probably shift it up. It'll be top 20 rather than top 10. I don't think it's a terrible game by a long shot, but I'd probably shift it up. And I'll tell you what, I will think about it over the next couple of days and I will tweet the game that I think will replace it. Okay, that seems fair. Hmm. I can deal with that. Right. So what is our next episode? The next episode is going to be our Christmas episode, I believe. Yay. Insert jingle bell music here, please. <laughs> I'll just leave, just leave that in. Just leave that line in. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, hang on. Do I have a jingle bell I can ring? I could try and sing something, but we both know it'd be bad. Oh no, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. My mind's got completely blank. Give me a can Christmas sing... song and I'll try and hum it. Uh, we three kings. We three kings of Wensley. No. Oh my God! What are the words? All we I three know kings is of Wensley. <laughs> it's We the Kings of Orient are. I wasn't even close, was I? It's Why don't you sing Cauliflower's Fluffy? We both know that one, and it's a classic, to be fair. <laughs> we could do a Christmas give... version, I'm sure. Can you give the first two lines of, and put a Christmas spin on it? Cauliflower's Fluffy and Cabbage is Green. Oh, Christmas element. Holly Bush is greener than ever I've seen. Come on, that's Oh, that good. was good. That was good. <laughs> Thank you. I might go into I might go into singing as a career choice. Oh yes, please quit your job and become a singer. And if you can record Cauliflower <laughs> Fluffy as your first song, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> the Christmas version. Yeah, can you take a dance remix and everything? Make it oh, a proper floor filler. Oh no problem. You're gonna hear it all the raves. Isn't it called Paint Box? That song. Is it? Which is a really weird name for it. <laughs> when I was a kid, I never even thought it had a name. I was just like, oh yeah, that cauliflower song. That one. Yeah, I think everyone calls it Colourful Fluffy, but I think it's actually called Paint Box. I have no idea why. I don't. I remember when I was a kid, though, I thought that was the thing that only my school sung. Like, <laughs> I was, the internet didn't exist, really. Like, I was so out of touch. I didn't understand that that was like a, a UK wide thing. I thought our school just had fucking knockout songs that we sung. Can you please post this on the uh, on the Twitter, this song, find a video of it or something? I can, because I like to think people in Britain, if they went to school between kind of 1990 and 1998, they'd know what this was. But I remember it's quite a niche <laughs> audience. <laughs> this is now a Cloudflower Fluffy slash Paintbox podcast. 
next episode is just going to be on this song <laughs> and how excellent it is. Line oh, by line yeah, so, analysis. <laughs> so yeah, our next episode is our Christmas episode where we are going to be talking about a novelty RPG. <laughs> um, it yeah, we can say, I think it's a bit spoiler, is it? No, um, no. We're going to be talking about Cthulhu Saves Christmas, which is a Christmas-themed JRPG-style RPG. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good description. You should go into advertising. You could advertise my song. Well, but by that, I mean, it's not actually a JRPG. Like, it's made in, I believe, the US, but it's like JRPG style, I guess you call it. Yeah. I've actually heard it's pretty good, despite how short it is and how silly the concept is. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. And it's going to be a, I'm going to get some bells. I'm going to ring them in the episode. I'm going to make it feel festive. Oh, this sounds great. I'm going to have some mince pies at the ready, which I'll then awkwardly eat while you're talking. Munching sounds on camera. This is now an ASMR <laughs> podcast. Just me eating pastry in the background. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, please uh, consider following us on Twitter at Mirth and Magic. And uh, join us in a couple of weeks' time for our Christmas episode. And thank you so much for listening. If you have any thoughts on SMT3, please send them our way. Please keep them civil, because I'm aware it's a popular game that we just slated for the past hour. Yeah, Um, and if anyone knows what the actual name of the Swirly Pepper Grinders is, please let us know. Please, because I'm trying to think of it, and I just can't. I just can't. Cylinders? (laughs) Tubes? Drain pipes? tubes (laughs) tubes <laughs> the swirly tubes pepper mills that's fine yeah. you grind your way from place to place on the pepper mill teleporter well, that's yes. nice you, so you, grind going... your, you grind your way between cities I and mean, then you grind through battles it's a grindy <laughs> game the ultimate grind it is the yeah. ultimate grind all right well thanks for joining us guys and uh we'll see you next time thanks bye